0: Welcome to the Zen Crypto Show, where we explain cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology in simple terms so you can feel comfortable interacting with and investing in crypto. I'm your host, Sebastien Couture. If you're paying attention to the cryptocurrency space, Ethereum is hard to miss. It's second only to Bitcoin in terms of the size of its market, and the Ethereum community is made up of tens of thousands of developers entrepreneurs, and enthusiasts. In this episode, we'll dissect Ethereum in three parts. First, we'll provide some context and explain what Ethereum is. Second, I'll use some simple analogies to explain the Ether cryptocurrency and why people think it's valuable. And finally, we'll talk about Ethereum and why it's important and different from the status quo. Let's get started. Ethereum was invented by a 19-year-old computer science genius named Vitalik Buterin in 2014. When it was announced, it was described as the world computer. And although Ethereum has grown a lot since then, I think this accurately describes what it does. These days, we all have several computer devices in our lives. We all have a smartphone, maybe a tablet, a laptop, a connected TV, and even cars have built-in computers these days. Most of these devices allow programmers to build applications which can be installed to perform certain tasks. In fact, you're probably listening to this on an app which was made to listen to music or podcasts. A programmer built that application and sent it to an app store for people to use. The same goes for websites, which are just applications for the internet. They also live on computers, which are located in data centers across the world. So when you go to your favorite website or social media platform, you're actually giving instructions to a computer in a data center far away, which in turn is sending you back information, like a funny cat video or an email from your bank. The fact that it's on the internet means that millions of people can also interact with that app at the same time. Since most of what we do today happens online, let's focus on the data centers for a moment. Data centers are big warehouses that store computers. They're owned by companies who rent their space to others so that they don't have to worry about housing the computers and making sure the power is always on and that the internet connection is super fast and that no one's going to break in and steal the hard drives. It's like a storage unit for computer servers. If the data center company has an issue like a blackout, All their customers' websites and apps also go down. This happens more often than you think, and you might have heard stories like this in the news in the last couple of years. The same goes for social media platforms. They can decide who gets to create accounts on their platform, and they can shut down accounts as they wish. And this also happens more often than you think. We live in a hyper-connected world, and it's important for people to have access to online services and social media to work and connect with their loved ones. So it's only normal that some people think this amount of unchecked power can present a problem. We all trust that these companies will act honestly and that they're resistant to failure, but this isn't always guaranteed. Ethereum is a different type of computer which isn't operated by a single person or company, but by thousands of computers connected together. There isn't a single machine sitting in a data center somewhere. Instead, all the interconnected computers work together to run the applications which live on the platform. In computer science lingo, we call this distributed computing, and it's existed for decades to solve really hard problems that need lots of little machines working in sync. A good way to think about it is to compare it to a colony of ants all working together to perform a task. Individually, An ant is weak and vulnerable. But if you put tens of thousands of ants together, they can do astonishing things like move huge amounts of food. What's also cool about ants is that they're resilient. If half the colony is taken out by an ant eater, the remaining ants will continue to work uninterrupted and will rebuild. So Ethereum is sort of an unstoppable living computer that lives on the internet there isn't a single point of failure and not one person owns Ethereum. This is similar to the fact that not one person owns the internet. Now, it's important to note that Ethereum is a totally separate blockchain from Bitcoin, and they're not connected to each other or use each other's resources in any tangible way. But Ethereum uses many of the concepts that were invented by Bitcoin to ensure that programs that are built on the platform get run in the way that they're intended to. Be sure to listen to episode one to learn more about how Bitcoin works. But what makes Ethereum truly different from Bitcoin is that it has its own programming language, and this opens up unlimited possibilities for people to build all kinds of cool things on it. So instead of simply keeping track of account balances and how money moves around, Ethereum runs programs and keeps track of the information which is stored within them. A good way to think about how Bitcoin and Ethereum are different is to think of Bitcoin like a handheld calculator, and Ethereum like an iPhone, on which you can have a calculator app, but also many other apps that perform specific tasks. The calculator is more robust and less likely to fail or have bugs, but the iPhone is versatile and multifunctional. So if Ethereum is a big virtual computer, what's the point of having a cryptocurrency attached to it, and why is it worth so much? Well, in episode one, we talked about how Bitcoin is sometimes described as digital gold. Well, that's actually a good place to start to understand why the Ether cryptocurrency is so valuable And will also help you understand why Bitcoin is worth so much. People think Bitcoin is digital gold because there's only a limited amount of it. And much like there's only a finite amount of Bitcoin in the world, there will only ever be a finite amount of Bitcoin ever mined. Another reason is because it's hard to obtain. And much like gold, which needs lots of equipment and resources to mine from the ground, Bitcoin requires powerful computers and facilities, which isn't really easy to set up and requires a lot of upfront investment. And I think one of the most important reasons why Bitcoin is valuable is because lots of people collectively think that it is. This is the case for most things to which we attribute value, whether it's gold, dollar bills, real estate, or baseball cards. The idea that you can have a sort of gold that you can send over the internet is super powerful and lots of people think that's valuable. So if Bitcoin is digital gold, think of Ether as digital oil. And the analogy to oil is fitting because Ether is the gas which powers the Ethereum world computer. When someone deploys an application to the computer or when they need to interact with it, they have to pay gas in the form of Ether to the network of computers that are running Ethereum. This is similar to the reward that miners get in Bitcoin for securing the blockchain, which we talked about in episode one. In Ethereum, miners make sure that the programs get run the way they're supposed to. And like in Bitcoin, they're given an incentive to do this. And I wanna talk about this word incentive and incentivization, because it's so core to the way blockchains work. It means that participants are rewarded when they do things right or act honestly, and they lose money when they act dishonestly or make mistakes. So you put fuel in your car to make it run and you spend Ether on the Ethereum network to work the world computer. So why is it important and why do we even need a world computer? You might be thinking... Those data centers are good enough for me. Well, lots of people think that big tech companies are concentrating too much power and data. They're central points of power, which if too powerful can cause harm to people and society. And this is paradoxical because many of the people who were building on the early web in the 1990s thought the same things about the power structures that existed then. On Ethereum, we can build social media platforms, collaborative work applications, communications tools, and financial services. As a matter of fact, right now, most of what people are building on Ethereum is financial in nature. There are thousands of people and startups in the Ethereum ecosystem that are building new kinds of financial services and financial infrastructure. And there's a hope that what will emerge could improve or replace much of the existing financial sector. So banks, insurance companies, stock markets, investment brokers, hedge funds, and so forth. And in doing so, the hope is to create better types of financial services for people like you and me, and for the billions of people around the world who live in places where access to financial services is limited or non-existent. Practically speaking, there are teams building services which allow people to lend and borrow money without a bank insurance services without an insurance company. And they're building digital marketplaces like eBay where people can buy and sell digital items or art, but without a need for the platform acting as a middleman. This is all possible because on Ethereum, we can write code, send it to the platform, and just trust that it will always act as expected. And this is really important when money or financial assets are involved. At the end of the day, The code replaces the trusted middleman. And just like the internet allowed anyone to become their own publisher, Ethereum is allowing anyone to become their own bank. Applications on Ethereum don't belong to a single person or company. They truly belong to the users. Users get to make decisions about the features that get built, how data is used, and who profits from the value created. Ethereum is about building a new type of application which can't be censored, It puts users at the center, rather than big, powerful companies. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zen Crypto Show, which is produced by Zengo, where you can buy, sell, trade, and earn cryptocurrencies with mind-bending simplicity and safety. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know what you learned by leaving a review. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for future episodes, email podcast at zengo.com until next time stay zen